The opinions and statements expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect those of WWDB, its staff, or management. Hey, Ken Krawchuk here, and welcome to Episode 60 of the Pennsylvania Project. As you may know here at the Pennsylvania Project, our vision is a better Pennsylvania. To achieve that vision, our mission is to boldly showcase the political, cultural, and environmental challenges facing contemporary Pennsylvania and to relentlessly pursue correct solutions. But more important than solving the problem correctly is to solve the correct problem, even if you have to travel the county to deliver the correct solution personally. We have an intolerant episode planned for today, and like all episodes of the Pennsylvania Project, it's divided into three parts. You, them, and me. Part one is all about you, your questions, your opinions, your solutions, your whatevers. And rather than a call-in format, we utilize an email-in format. So if you have something to say, you can always drop us a line at PennsylvaniaProject.com. Today for the you part, we have our latest regular feature, Unscripted Cohorts, and a question about the conflict between social distancing and collecting signatures to get your name on the ballot. After the you part comes part two, the them part where each episode we host a guest to help us showcase the political, cultural, and or environmental issues facing Pennsylvania. Today's guest is heavy-duty political. He's Mark Scaringi, attorney, author, and a fellow radio talk show host. After that comes the me portion of the Pennsylvania Project, where it'll be my turn, your caster, Ken Krawchuk. I'll be focusing on some particular issue that really sticks in my craw. Today I'll be ranting about how you personally can take action against the lockdown empowerment. And throughout the show, as is our long-established custom, we'll be featuring a Pennsylvania Toastmaster to help narrate our live commercials. And I'm going to butcher the name. Today, we have Mark Sarishi. He's club president of Toastmasters in Unity Club in Mount Laurel. Welcome to the Pennsylvania Project, Mark. Thanks very much, Ken. One of three Marks on the show today. Yes. Our guest is a Mark, and a Mark with a C. And our producer is Mark with a C, and our guest is Mark with a C, and it's just going to be too confusing for me. And this, the separation is I'm Mark K with a C. How's that? My last name begins with a C, and I spell my first name with a K. Okay. <laughs> there's, a, there's a differentiator. I guess. <laughs> Listen, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. What do you like about Toastmasters? Actually, I, I think it's a great organization. I, I joined, as many people do, for the sake of improving my public speaking skills. And I, I speak a lot at work. And I found that that was great, and it's helped me a lot. However, I also find that the leadership aspect is uh, very mm-hmm. helpful. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of uh, programs that you can be involved with to help your leadership, but the, the speaking, uh, public speaking, first and foremost, I think is the primary reason. Yep, and you know, the leadership side is often underrated. One thing I learned at Toastmasters I did not expect to learn was diplomacy. Yes. I'm a kid from North Philly, and <laughs> that really changed things. Mm-hmm. Well, welcome to the show. It's good to have you Thanks here. very much. Great to be here. We also have with us a second Toastmaster, according to one of our ancient customs, to read and help respond to whatever comes into our mailbag and join in discussions with our guest. It's a role that we call cohort, and today's cohort is making her sixth appearance on the Pennsylvania Project. She's a member of the ETS Toastmasters in Princeton and a club past president 
Margaret Sassuni. Hello. Welcome back to the Pennsylvania I'm Project. I'm so glad to be here, especially on a nice day like this. I, I know. can feel summer's coming. Yeah, but you, you have masks on, you got gloves on, um, a, you put a plastic yeah, wall Yeah, I'm trying up not to get arrested, us. you know. Yeah. I'm trying oh, that's to, right. You're, yeah, you're from New abiding, Jersey. Yeah, law-abiding citizens. Oh, they arrest yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw a video where they there's a guy all by himself. He's on the shore on the ocean sands, and yeah. he's, he's fishing, deep sea, or I guess shore fishing. Wow. Four it's cops. Every man's dream, huh? Four. <laughs> no, I, I'm, not, I'm not a fisher. I go for the beer. Being but, left alone fishing by yourself. But then all of a sudden, all yeah. these cops show up, you know, yeah. choppers coming down. Oh. It's like right out of Brazil or something like that. Oh, right. That movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got to watch and that And the again. next thing you know, they're dragging this poor guy away. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to be that girl. Well, you live, you live there in Jersey. I live in New Jersey, yes. And I'm very grateful to have a home where I can walk around in my backyard uh-huh. and garden so i'm used to wearing gloves because i garden all the time so forgive me if i'm offending you <laughs> i do i've been in politics way too long it's it's next it's virtually impossible to offend but yes me. i'm excited to be here my peonies are going to open up any moment and i'm just loving life uh-huh that's yeah. what it's all about yeah i've been telling people how much i've been enjoying the pandemic <laughs> well the road, yeah. roads are empty as a yeah. broadcaster yeah. i'm i'm not subject to all of these funny little rules that they've got. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of pluses, including, you know, Mother Nature's happy we're not polluting the air, uh, air so. And that's always a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got a whole bunch of stuff we gotta get to today. Yes, so let's start do. off with your standard unscripted question. Are you gonna hit me with something that I just don't know what it is? One of the reasons I'm so excited is because I quit my job. Yeah! Oh my God, I can't Freedom. believe after 16 years, I finally, I'm taking a bow, and tomorrow's my last day. Gosh, what do I start, Ken? What do I do? <laughs> oh, that's a, is that the question? There's an easy answer to that. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, what do you suggest that I do? I'm, I, I mean, I'm going to take a little hiatus and get back on the bandwagon maybe in six months or so, but how should I use my time wisely? <laughs> well, don't even think of wisely. Just yeah. follow your dream. Just do whatever I want. Yeah. Okay. I mean... That's that's how I started. I, I just liked computers. Even when I was a little kid, I built yeah. these little funny little devices. I built a computer card reader when I was 14 years old, my first computer. Wow. Nobody has computer cards anymore. No. But you'd slide the card through and lights would light up, A, B, C, whatever uh-huh. it said, everything. So you could read a card just by sliding it through this oh. thing. It was pretty cool. Like a phone operator, whenever somebody calls in, yeah. the, phone, the lights would light up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, except this would tell <laughs> you what like the that. card said. But I followed my dream. People says, oh, no, you should wait until you're older. I got my first job as a computer programmer when I was 17 years old and a senior in high school. Because my father said, yo, you ought to go down the Acme and carry groceries to little old ladies for tips. I was like, Dad, I don't like to do that. No. And he told me, he says, you don't work for fun. You work for money. All right. And that's an argument we never settled. But I I followed my dreams. And now, look, I'm on the radio. I've been a candidate for governor of Pennsylvania. You're born an entrepreneur. Yeah, I, I'm born a pain in the butt. Pain in the butt, entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I would do. Yeah, now, I know that one of your passions is event organization. Yeah, event planning, event coordinator. But uh, right now, that's on halt oh, because no. of look a at, lot of <laughs> look at, weddings being postponed. I was invited to five weddings, including one in Belgium, and mm. one in California, and one one in Philadelphia. They've all been postponed to 2021. So. I can't really do anything in that space. All, all I wanted to do was travel. Like, who doesn't want to go somewhere for a month and just do nothing? But I can't even do that. So, 
Should, you, should I? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Why not? Should I go to Italy for a month? <laughs> well, I don't know about Italy. Sure. <laughs> the thing about Why going not? to Florida is uh, at least I can just rent a car and drive back. If I go to Italy, I'm stranded there. Uh, so. Well, I'm, it's not a bad place to be stranded. Yeah. I guess I've never been there. No. But it's, it's an easy answer. Or Thailand, maybe. You know? And I, t I told my daughters the same thing. Yeah. Follow their dreams. All right. I'll do that. You should. Yeah. I'll send you a photo from, I don't know, uh, and, Alaska. And <laughs> Uh, think of the the pandemic as having cleared the decks of all of the weak competitors out there. So now you can just waltz out there, somebody as skilled as you, and just take over. Mm -hmm. Okay. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going off the grid. Yes. All right. Let's get to our questions. We yes. still have more, and I was hoping we could get through them quickly. I guess we're not. All right. So our question comes from Bob Small, and he's from Swarthmore. Pennsylvania, with the pandemic limiting contact between people, how will the Greens and the Libertarians collect signatures to get their candidates on the ballot this year? That's a great question, Bob. We have a Pennsylvania Ballot Access Coalition, and Bob raised that question on our conference call last night. Mm. And I said, Bob, I gotta use that on the show, it's just so good. Mm. Well, it's a good question, one both parties are asking Libertarians and Greens. Let me give some quick background. In order for any candidate to get on the ballot, they have to collect a certain number of signatures, and that varies, of course, with the office. Statewide candidates need a whole lot more than your local town council. It also depends on what party you belong to. For the two old parties, it's one number, but for challenger parties like Greens and Libertarians, it's a different number. It's a much higher number, and historically, that number has gone as high as 33 times as high as a, as a formula that controls it. And it's 33 times more, even though Article 1, Section 5 of the Pennsylvania Constitution says all elections shall be free and equal. I guess some parties are more equal than others, but I digress. Two old parties, they're not affected by all this pandemic nonsense. They already collected their signatures to get on the primary back in January, February. So they're clear. But we libertarians and those greens, they weren't allowed to start until after the pandemic started. So that's our conundrum. Can you imagine? Walking up, if I walked up to you, Margaret, and I said, can you a pen and a clipboard and say, here, sign my petition? <laughs> you go running away screaming. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way it is. <laughs> so that's the position we're in now. Given that social distancing order by Governor Big Bad Wolf himself, how do we get on the ballot? Well, a couple of months ago, we libertarians uh, asked the governor that very question. And twice we asked, but we, we finally got a non-response from the chief counsel of the Department of State. It was very short and sweet. It said, kindly be advised that we are in receipt of your correspondence requesting relief for access to the ballot for the 2020 general election. My office is currently reviewing the matter with our agency clients, whoever that is. We will be in touch soon, unquote. That was three weeks ago. Mm. So a few days ago, we got tired of waiting kindly. So we sued the state over the impossibility of performing both the social distancing and collecting signatures. And, you know, it's like, make up your mind, will you? One or the other. But that's where things stand today, and we're still waiting on their reply. Except now we've added the court's voice to our own, and we'll see what happens. And Mark, I guess Mark number one, my producer, we got to get that attorney who filed the suit on the show to talk about it. What's his name? Drew Miller. we got to get him on. How about next week? All right, next week? All right, we got it. Sounds good to me. 
You know, I want to get to our host, so I'm going to break for the commercial earlier. So on that jurisprudential jurisprudential note, that's going to have to do it for the you portion of episode 60. We're going to pause for this information, and when we return, we'll be meeting with today's guest, attorney, author, and radio talk show host, Mark Scaringi. Did you hear the latest news? Almost two-thirds of all federal spending now goes to pay for the welfare state. More than $2.2 trillion, which just about equals federal income. Do you realize what that means? Virtually all tax revenue is now being consumed by the welfare state. But how do we rein in that runaway spending before it destroys America? The answer? The separation of society and state. That's the premise of the new novel, Atlas Snubbed, an unsanctioned parody sequel to Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged. Atlas Snubbed presents a workable alternative to the welfare state as we know it. Atlas Snubbed expertly extends Rand's epic story of a looter's world snubbed by the men of the mind, bringing to life a crumbling post-apocalyptic world where no one need ask who is John Galt, because now they know. Atlas Snubbed, available at all online bookstores or through atlassnubbed.com. Read it today before it's too late. Here's an interesting question. What do you think of these three ideas? Number one, people have at all times an inalienable right to alter, reform, or abolish their government as they think proper. Number two, juries shall have the right to determine the law as well as the facts. Number three, the right of the citizens to bear arms in defense of themselves and the state shall not be questioned. Do those words sound like they're something taken from a Hollywood political thriller? They're not. They're all direct quotes from Article 1 of the Pennsylvania Constitution. Everyone's heard of the United States Constitution, but have you ever heard of the Pennsylvania Constitution? Have you ever read it? But most importantly, was it ever taught to you in school? If you're like virtually all Pennsylvanians, the answers are likely to be no, no, and no. Well. It's long, long past time we changed those answers to yes, yes, and yes. And you have a crucial part to play in making that come to pass. As you know, we here at the Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania Project are all about solutions. So we've authored a petition demanding that the Pennsylvania Constitution be taught to our children. If you believe it's important for our children to know how our state government works, head over to our website, PennsylvaniaProject.com, and add your name to the growing list of signers. And every time we accumulate another batch of signatures, we'll send a copy of the petition to the governor, the Pennsylvania Board of Education, and each and every one of the 501 school districts in Pennsylvania, asking them right now to start teaching our children the Pennsylvania Constitution. So please sign the petition at PennsylvaniaProject.com. The alternative is yet another generation that has never heard of, let alone read, the Pennsylvania Constitution. And people wonder why no one votes anymore. Hey, Ken Krawchuk here again, and welcome to the them portion of episode 60 of the Pennsylvania Project, where we host a guest to help showcase political, cultural, and or environmental issues facing Pennsylvania. Today's guest is solidly political. He's Mark Scaringi, attorney, author, and radio talk show host of w- on WHP 580 in Harrisburg. He was also the Republican candidate for U.S. Senate in the 2012 primary, former director of policy for Attorney General Mike Fisher, 
the same Mike Fisher, by the way, who ran against me for governor back in 2002. Earlier this year, Mark sued Governor Big Bad Wolf on his stay-at-home order, closing, quote-unquote, non-life-sustaining businesses, whatever that means. His suit went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court and sad to say he lost. No, no, we lost, I should say. Pennsylvania lost is what it is. Welcome to the Pennsylvania Project, Mark. Mark number three. <laughs> thanks, for, uh, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Uh, I'm happy to have you here, too. First of all, I, I got to call you a Pennsylvania hero. I'm telling you, man, for you to step up and do that, file that suit, what, what got you started on that? Well, I was uh, shocked, as I'm sure millions of Pennsylvanians were, on March 19th when people came into my office, my law office, and told me that I had to shut down all six of my offices by order of the governor. <laughs> it was shocking and stunning. And uh, so we immediately began the, the shutdown of our physical operations uh, as I was immediately thinking about filing suit against the governor uh, to try to stop uh, that business closure order. So that's, that's how it all started with me being, having my law firm perhaps as the client but then individual small business owners came to me, and uh, and we had them as the petitioners, and we started uh, off to the the races, so to speak. Now, wouldn't you know if, if somebody comes to me and say, "Ken, you got to close your business," my first reaction would be, "No, go away." I mean, wouldn't I guess? Well, maybe you're an attorney; you have, maybe you have a different appreciation for the quote unquote law than I do. No, we we, we were stunned. It, it was. I, 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 I almost didn't know how to react. I couldn't imagine that any governor would believe he has the order to issue a statewide business closure order. It's never happened in the history of yeah, Pennsylvania never. or in the history of the United States of America before. Yep. Well, you know, that's how I felt when I heard about it, too. Now, I'm an entrepreneur, so I, I do projects, and they, they ramp up, they ramp down, and I happen to be between projects at the time, so nobody came up to me and said, Ken, you can't do anything. But I've, I've since been doing other things. But I looked into it, and there is something, there is a law. It's uh, 35 CS 7301, Pennsylvania statute, and it's real frightening. And it does say things, the governor has the power to suspend provisions of regulatory statutes, prescribe pro procedure for conduct of business, commonwealth business, to commandeer or utilize private or public property, directing compel evacuations of all or part of the population, to describe routes in connection with, with that, to control ingress and egress from disaster areas, control movement of persons within the area and occupancy of premises within, to suspend or limit sale, dispensing of alcoholic beverages, firearms, explosives, combustibles. Mark, where's this at? This is like deja vu. This is what the governor's attorneys have been knocking me over the head with for the past two months. That's the Emergency Management Services Code. It was enacted in response to Hurricane Agnes in the mid-70s. What's the critical part of that statute is that the governor does have those powers, but only acting in a disaster and acting pertaining to a disaster area. What the governor did in our case is declare every square foot of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania to be a disaster area. <laughs> and as such, he then has the purported power to control 
the occupancy and the use of every square foot of Pennsylvania. So it is the most overreaching and the, the, the broadest and the most extreme interpretation of that statute that, that I've ever experienced in the law. But the PA Supreme Court says that's the law of the land. I know. You know, it's all rooted in that police power. And I, but at the same time, we were told to stop going into the office and just pick it up from home. So why couldn't you do the same thing? Just do whatever you do, but not go into the office and just work from home and have your employees do the same. Well, we one of my clients in the first lawsuit was a golf course, and a golf course <laughs> cannot operate remotely. Can't go over that. Uh, <laughs> you know, another client was a timber company. A timber company can't operate remotely. A laundromat, the same, the same argument. Hmm. And, I, I had to call a tree uh, service, and they came out to give me an estimate. So, yeah, yeah trees know. are yeah. essential. <laughs> trees, tree removal is essential. No, Mark, I don't know about golf. Mark, what, what's this? How do you define a natural disaster? You know, now I was actually camping in Hurricane Agnes. We, a bunch of us were out, and we had two cars, and we were heading up to Watkins Glen State Park in New York, Southern Tier. And only one car made it. We made it. The other one got washed out. We were refugees and stuff like that. And it was a mess. It took us almost two weeks before we got home. It took us a week before we were able to call home. So I can understand that. I mean, is, what do you mean by natural emergency, I guess it comes down to? Well, the code defines disasters as man-made or natural or war-caused. And the governor and their responsive pleadings was, wasn't sure, well, it was either natural or man-made for them. They were saying it's kind of both, or one or the other or both. But obviously it's, it's neither. It's, it's none of the three. But I think they, I recall, they kind of settled on natural disaster. Now, the code defines natural disasters. It gives, it gives examples, hurricanes, floods, tornadoes, earthquakes. Those are natural disasters. They're caused by the natural elements, uh, uh -huh. earth, fire, water, um, wind. A viral illness is not one of them. It's not in the list, and it's not like any of them. And actually, the governor gave a press conference last Saturday where he explained that a viral illness is not like any of the natural disasters. <laughs> I, wish, I wish he would have said that a month earlier. Uh, uh, that's not what his... His lawyers were arguing to the contrary. And the, the larger point is, so obviously viral illness is not a natural disaster, but the larger point is we have a statute on the books, the Disease Prevention and Control Law, that is expressly dedicated for the purpose of combating the spread of communicable diseases, which is what COVID-19 is. So we have a statute directly on point empowering local health agencies and the Department of Health in certain circumstances to use certain powers to combat the spread of a communicable disease. But the governor went under this, this massively broad emergency management services code, declared all of Pennsylvania a disaster area, and essentially commandeered every square foot of private property in Pennsylvania. Oh, man. You talk about overreach. Now, since he said that, and maybe this ties in with the with the with the whole case that you had before the suit, can you appeal that? Can you reopen it, or is it some kind of a now now that you've touched it, you can't do it again? 
Well, it, it's pretty much now that it's, it's already been brought before the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. And we did, when we lost all of our claims in the PA Supreme Court, we had somewhat of a decent concurring and dissenting opinion in which three of the justices expressed a con- real concern about the lack of judicial review and the arbitrariness and the capriciousness <laughs> of the list, the non-life-sustaining and life-sustaining, and the waiver process. So we did file a petition for writ of certiorari before the United States Supreme Court raised all of those issues. That's still pending. We also filed an application to enjoin the enforcement of the governor's orders with the United States Supreme Court. That was denied. Hmm. We also then ran into the federal district court for the middle district here in Harrisburg, filed a a 105-paragraph-long complaint uh, under under, uh, (laughs) under Title 42, Section 1983, the Civil Rights Statute, and also went in for a motion for a temporary restraining order to get an injunction against the enforcer of these orders. About an hour ago, Judge Jones ruled and denied our motion. So these orders are the law of the land in Pennsylvania, and they will continue to be enforced. Wow. Do you have stock in Weyerhaeuser and Georgia Pacific and all these other paper companies? What's with this, <laughs> no, hun- <laughs> What's with this 100-plus page complaint? I mean, that, that seems to be um, well, overkill. We, we, we raised every issue we could think of. Well, it's, it's the largest mass deprivation of the constitutional rights of the people of Pennsylvania in the history of our Commonwealth. There's, there's a lot there, that a lot of harm that's been done. Tell me about Speaking it. Speaking of the paper mill and the timber companies, that was one of my initial clients. And we made, in that paper company, they harvest pulpwood, which is a critical uh, ingredient in tissue, Kleenex, and paper towels. Oh, no, toilet paper? So they were shut down. <laughs> toilet paper. They oh, were shut man. down. And, and we had to, to explain to this governor that you can't shut down timber companies that are making the pulpwood that goes into the paper towels and the tissues and the toilet paper <laughs> that are part of the COVID-19 uh, prevention and mitigation protocol. Uh-huh. You know, you use the words capricious and arbitrary, and I wrote those down because I, that's exactly it. This is right out of Atlas Shrugged. Did you ever read Atlas Shrugged, Ayn Rand's novel? I have, yes. Terrific novel. Uh, it's, it is my favorite book. I did a rant about it, uh, and I guess it's back about episode 45. But it's like we're living Atlas Shrugged, just that arbitrary capriciousness. You're open and you're closed. Our guest last week, we were talking about her earlier, Julie Potter. She runs a hair salon near Altoona. She, she can't sell certain things, but across the street there's a Walmart, and the Walmart can. Go figure. Well, beer distributorships have been deemed to be life-sustaining. <laughs> I, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, that well, I don't yeah, I'm a little. I was always a little nervous about using that as an example because in this day and age we need beer. And, I, and I've made the other example that my local tobacco company, which I just assumed was shut down, and for three or four weeks, I denied myself tobacco as I'm having these late nights trying to write all these briefs and needing uh-huh. to stay awake. I, one night, I, I thought, well, let me just drive down there and see what's going on. I, I, I drive there, and they're open. And I, <laughs> I walked in, and I said, how, how are you open? Uh, he said, well, we sell meat. Said, what? You sell yeah. meat? Yeah. Like I beef do a jerky? lot of grilling and cookouts. I, I've, never, I've never come to my tobacco <laughs> shop to buy meat. 
said, yeah, yeah, it's, it's the beef jerky along the wall. I said, okay. <laughs> um, and, and it was, it's like a comedy. It, it, it's a dystopian world that we're living yeah. in it's... under complete control and domination mm-hmm. of government. Uh-huh. And, you know, uh, just today, I heard on the news as I was driving over here today that Governor Wolf signed legislation allowing mixed drinks to be sold curbside. <laughs> that is brilliant. I love it. Oh, um, man. It's just, it's just another straw in what's going on. So you, you drive up to the restaurant and you order two <laughs> martinis. Yep. They bring them out to your car. Yep. And and I guess are they in plastic cups or something? <laughs> yeah. And, and what the, you cheer your your guest and you have a drink of your martini in the car. I, I know. Guess. And there's a cop standing there to get you with an open container law <laughs> violation. And this, this is you can't make this stuff up. No. <laughs> it's just it's all so bad. You, you know. I, yeah. I I'm speechless. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a lot to make poor Margaret speechless, as, as I know. You know, I, I guess I have one tangential question here with your hundred and some odd page complaint. Uh, we've had a couple of attorneys on the show over the last previous 59 episodes, and I always ask attorneys the same question. Why do you charge so much per hour? I mean, 200 300 $500 an hour? Divorce attorneys are 1000 in New York. <laughs> man. I just found out hour. the other day. Well, so, sometimes it's worth oh, that $1,000 an hour. Yeah. I'm moving to New York. I'm going yeah. to put an office. Gorinji yeah. Law in New York City. What do yeah. you think? I, I was floored when I found out my ex-husband is divorcing his uh, current wife, and uh, he says, I got to hire the best lawyer. I said, okay, go for it. A thousand dollars? Yeah, a thousand dollars. Hey, well, think of the high <laughs> lawyer's fees as the deterrent. So try to stay married. Work difficult. Or these lawyers are working from home, <laughs> right? No. What overhead do they have right now when they're working from home? Now, Margaret, are you paying this $1,000 an hour? I'm sorry, no. My ex is. <laughs> you, you have no stake in this game? No, I don't. Uh, but, you know, his money goes to my kids, so. Okay. Hey, I'm your caster, Ken Krawchuk, and you're listening to Episode 60 of The Pennsylvania Project. We'll be right back after this information with more from our Pennsylvania hero, attorney, author, and radio talk show host, Mark Scaringi. Americans for Prosperity is the Keystone State's largest grassroots network of activists. We're engaged on issues ranging from advancing fiscal and regulatory policies that empower people to more easily earn their success, to expanding gains in criminal justice reforms that will protect people and preserve public safety while removing barriers to opportunity for those with criminal records. Our vision for Pennsylvania is one where no barriers to opportunity exist. By standing together to do good, we can create a more prosperous Pennsylvania now and for future generations and enable them to realize their own version of the American dream. To learn more, please visit americansforprosperity.org. Hey, Margaret here, cohort on the Pennsylvania Project. You know, it's easy to find a high-paying job, at least for some people it is. Employers are begging for competent leaders who know how to communicate effectively. But do those words describe you, competent leader, communicates effectively? If not, or even if they do, you may want to consider joining Toastmasters. The mission of Toastmasters is to provide a supportive environment for learning, communication, and leadership skills. But that, but does it really work? 
hey, look at me. I joined Toastmasters and now I'm on the radio. <laughs> so turn your life around like I have. Visit Toastmasters.org and contact a club near you. Visitors are always welcome and be sure to mention my name, Margaret. The future is anxiously awaiting competent leaders who know how to communicate effectively. You can be that leader. It all starts at Toastmasters.org. Are you a small business owner, always looking for referrals? Do you have a streamlined approach to generating new referrals? Contact Steve Worley to learn the fast, easy way to generate new referrals. Steven has an all-inclusive system that will help you generate an extra 5 to 10 customers per week without spending a single, single dollar on ads. You won't have to create a website, have pictures taken, or write a single ad. Steven will take the headache out of the process. Contact him at stevenworley.com. That's Steven with a V, W-E-R-L-E-Y.com. Fly fishermen, new and old, understand the importance of affordable quality gear. At Christopher Fave Fly Fishing, we have provided that for over a quarter century. Whether you fish, dries, wets, or any combination, Christopher Fave, F-A-V-E, flyfishing.com has an American-made leader for you. Pennsylvania proud, our reputation rests solely on your complete satisfaction. Again, that's ChristopherFaveFlyFishing.com. Hey, Ken Krawchuk here again, and we are back with episode 60 of the Pennsylvania Project. And Mark Skaringi, attorney, author, fellow radio talk show host, the man who sued Governor Big Bad Wolf over his ridiculous, what were those words, arbitrary and capricious business closures. You still with us, Mark? Mark number three. <laughs> In Yiddish, it's called chutzpah. He's got chutzpah. Chutzpah, I don't know. There are other words. There are words I get used, but not on the radio. Speaking of arbitrary, Governor Wolf's former family business, Wolf Home Products, was deemed to be life-sustaining. Surprise! They applied for a waiver from DCED, the governor's agency that he's in charge of, and surprisingly, DCED granted them a waiver so that they can continue to make those life-sustaining <laughs> kitchen cabinets that we all desperately need during this pandemic. Oh, that's not right. You can't make this stuff no, up. That's wrong. And, and he's getting yeah. away with it. That, that's what he really is. gets me. You know, but he's not because some people are stepping up. And Mark, the first time that I saw you, I mean, I'm not from the Harrisburg area, and also I am not a talk show talk radio fan believe it or not here i am doing a talk radio what? show yeah That's my my not. rant on the episode number one was about how i dislike talk radio so much huh. but mark you're doing it all the time and the first time that i saw you was i guess about a month ago you were one of the speakers at the rally on the steps of the capitol for reopen pennsylvania i thought you did a remarkable job sir oh well thank you how, how did you get involved with those people did they come to you yeah, they just they just found me and asked me to come out and speak. And I'll tell you, I was very concerned about it because that rally violates the governor's stay at home. Yes. You can't assemble in large groups. Yes. The governor and the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania are in charge. The Supreme Court's in charge of my law license. 
governor's been threatening to suspend or revoke the licenses of individuals who violate his orders. So I was very concerned about whether or not I should do it. My wife was imploring me not to do it. But at the end of the day, I decided that our rights were too uh, important, and I wanted to get out there and speak on behalf of defending our constitutional rights thank in the opening Pennsylvania, so I did. Oh, thank you. And you were about 50 feet away from us. I think you you really made the distancing requirements and then some. But there, <laughs> right, yes. There was one of the speakers there. I forget what her name was. The first thing she said was, you know, you're all standing too close and you're not wearing masks. And they almost booed oh, her that was- out of the state. That's right. That was State Senator Judy Ward, and uh, it was a stunning statement to make. That was not the right crowd. <laughs> That's right. you got to know your audience. <laughs> for not wearing masks. That was the – I tell you, I've been to many rallies. I've spoken to many rallies. That was the wildest, most raucous. I mean, that was during, <laughs> that was, remember, the height of the shutdown. Yeah. There weren't any counties open. Yeah. And we didn't even know we were going to be open. I and couldn't believe it. they were just – Ferocious. And I've been to a lot of rallies, and I couldn't believe how loud they were. Know your right. audience, huh? Yeah, right. Certainly not a Toastmaster. But I got to admire the lady. She kept right on going. And eventually she said something that the, clou- the crowd liked, and they all started applauding again. And the last five minutes yeah, we can actually right. hear her. But see, that's what it takes. It, it takes people getting up and doing stuff. And I bring that up because on... And we usually don't mention dates on this show, but I'm going to break my own rule. On Saturday, May 30th in Montgomery County, we're doing a multi-rally, we're calling it. We're going to be visiting the homes of all, of nine of the state reps and calling them on the carpet for what they're doing. Good. Yeah, and I'll be ranting about that later as part of what we're what I'm going to be talking about. But I wanted to bring that up. So that's going to be on our website at PennsylvaniaProject.com slash rally. I just wanted to make sure we got that in there now. Well, Ken, that public pressure that you're putting on our legislators and obviously also putting on Governor Wolf, I think it does make a difference. Really? He has moved to reopen Pennsylvania at key at key moments during <laughs> the last two months when we've been putting a lot of litigation pressure uh-huh. and a lot of public rallies and public awareness pressure on this governor. So I think we just have to keep up, keep up the fight, and eventually he will succumb and give us our rights back. That's what it takes. You know, you got to push. And by the way, I should have said before, I am a Weyerhaeuser shareholder, full disclosure. And oh, that's why you know about Weyerhaeuser. Yeah. Hey, you, we used, <laughs> I used to work for a company that used to build the machines for Weyerhaeuser. Wow. Yeah, and uh, all so those other we all have connections. paper companies. Yeah. But and. Advanced warning, I'm also a Tesla shareholder because I want to know, did you hear about Elon Musk? Yes. In the middle yeah. of a share of a quarterly shareholder report, you know, they're talking about earnings before taxes and forward-looking statements and everything. And right in the middle, they said, well, what do you think? Is there any risk from this? And he said, he, and I have it written down here. I just love it. He says, forcibly imprisoning people in their homes against all their constitutional rights and breaking people's freedoms in ways that are horrible and wrong is not why people came to America or built this country. What the f- We'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And he says, this is fascist. This is not democratic. This is not freedom. Give people back their goddamn freedom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's in the middle of an earnings call. Did you, have, did you hear that one? Yeah, I didn't, but he's I, exactly right. I was listening to it live. Like I said, I'm a Tesla shareholder, and, and I, I admire the man. He's my, my hero, one mm-hmm. of my heroes. And my wife comes in. She's standing there at the doorway, and both of us is like slack joy while this guy's going on, 
you know, three, four minutes ranting about it. But he, I don't know if you heard, he sued Alameda County because they wouldn't let him open. And then he just said, the heck with you, Good. I'm opening up anyway. Yeah, and he said, if you're going to arrest anyone, arrest me, yeah. not his employees. Yeah. yeah. And he also said, Facebook sucks. <laughs> he said a lot of good things. <laughs> I agree with that one, too. But the county blinked, and they never went after him. Were you familiar? Oh, really? Yeah, you're not familiar with that? No, that's wonderful. Yeah, I thought so, too, because that's what it takes. He just did it. The county didn't know what to do. There was some low-level health official in the county who said he couldn't do it. And he said, heck with you. I'm moving out of California. He says, that's it. That's the last straw. He filed the suit. He And he's doing this stuff now. He's moving to either Tulsa or Austin. It's still a toss-up which one it's going to be. Well, that's you know that's another example of the arbitrary and capriciousness of these laws. Tesla is a, is a large, powerful company. And uh, it carried it threw around its weight and carried the day in Alameda County. Mm-hmm. In Pennsylvania, UPMC, the, the monstrous, monstrous health care system, about three weeks ago, the CEO said, we're opening up for all patients. So there are patients here who need help, uh, who need uh, our, our medical services. We're not going to restrict ourselves to emergency care. And did the governor do anything about that? No. There are... UPMC is is more powerful than Governor Wolf. Hallelujah. Somebody's got to put that guy in his place. And it takes people like you to do it. That's why I'm I'm very, very grateful that you did that. I was grateful that you were on the stage. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah, Admirable, really. Yeah. And today, that's why I call you a a hero. Are you getting grief? Thank you. No, no, thank you. Are you getting grief from other people about this? Um, Not really. No. Uh, as I'm trying to think through all the texts and the emails and the Facebook posts, no, I'm just getting a lot of attaboys and laudatory <laughs> comments and congratulations for for taking on this tyrant. Amen. And you know, initially I was thinking, you know, where are the big law firms? I mean, I'm just a little guy. Where are the big firms in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh? Why aren't they rushing into court? Yeah. filing massive yeah. lawsuits. Think of all the resources and the power that those firms have. But it turns out they they all have business before the state, and they don't want mm. to disrupt their yeah. their their stream of work. You know. <laughs> so I guess it takes someone like me, uh, who's kind of out there on his own, who just throws caution to the wind and goes after the governor. Mm-hmm. But it's a shame. We we need we need bigger big stakeholders to fight for our rights. Uh, you know, Tesla was successful in Alameda County. I I, I just wish we had bigger guns uh, behind uh, my litigation and my efforts. No, you 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 run a megaphone, right? Just like I got a megaphone here in Philadelphia. You got one in Harrisburg. Your radio show, and I must have been. I've I've never listened to it, although I did do some listening before the show. What you had on the web there. Are you using your radio show as a megaphone for this, or? or oh they... yeah, we talk about it. Yeah, it's a it's a weekly radio show, Saturdays at one o'clock, and that's been the sole focus ever ever since the the outbreak of the pandemic and the government began its various responses. So we've been solely dedicated to that. Certainly, we've had state senator 
uh, Mastriano on. We've had state representative uh, Don Wetzel Kiefer, Russ Diamond. I love Russ uh, Diamond. And some others. Yeah. Uh, oh, Russ has been terrific. Russ has been uh, way out front from the beginning, no holds barred. Uh, you you heard him at that rally. Yeah. He was terrific. He was terrific. And uh, he's an ex-libertarian. Mastriano has been he's, great. he's a former libertarian. He was our candidate oh, for yeah, state, that's right. state rep in Anvil back in 2012, and I worked on his campaign. And I'm also very proud of the fact that I got the man into Toastmasters. And when I was watching him speak, he's using all these Toastmaster tricks. Audience well, participation. Well, you did a great job with him. <laughs> well, he, he's an effective speaker. I blame the student. You know, Mark, <laughs> the, the time the time always goes way too quickly. You know, we gave you extra time because I just wanted to talk as much as possible with you. But we're we're just running out of time. Is there anything that we haven't mentioned that you want to get on a website you want to send people to a, a cause that you want to champion? Well, they can just keep uh, they can look up my Facebook page and our website scourgeylaw.com to see developments on the litigation. You spell that for uh, them. Check out our radio. S-C-A-R-I-N-G-I-L-A-W.com and check out our radio show Saturdays at 1 on WHP 580 in Harrisburg. Uh, they'll hear political guests. They'll hear me and others talking about the important political and legal issues of the day. And it's always from the perspective of putting the Constitution first. Amen. And boy, this has been the biggest the biggest topic. We talk about <laughs> political and legal issues of the day. This Amen. is it. Amen. And you know, and I've... So, I've been trying to be tangential about it, but you know, when I heard you were available, it's like, man, we got to get this guy. We got to get this guy. Well, I'm glad you called. I'm glad you called too. You know, and I have to thank you. Be a hero. Keep it up. You demand, sir. <laughs> Will do. Thanks, Ken. Thank you. That's going to have to wrap it up for the them portion of episode 60. My thanks once again to our Pennsylvania hero, Mark Scaringi, attorney, author, radio talk show host. We're going to pause with this information, and when we return, I'll be ranting about something that really sticks in my craw, how no one is doing anything to end the lockdown, except for people like our guest, Mark, and the Pennsylvania Project, of course. The following is a commercial announcement. Hey, Mark, how's it going? Bad, Ken. Really bad. Why? What's the matter? Our friends at the Infernal Revenue Service paid me a personal visit the other day. The Infernal Revenue Service? Yep. Call them for what they are. They sent these two big brutes to the house. Scared us all half to death. I bet. What did they want? Money. Lots of it. Remember that part-time gig I took on last summer? Oh, yeah. You were raking in some big bucks. Yeah. And all those big bucks went straight into my personal bank account. Turns out the IRS doesn't like that. And I didn't file any of the right forms or pay nearly enough in taxes. So they want it all now. Right now. Plus penalties and interest. Ouch. Sounds like you should have called Amendment 16. Hey, it's the damn 16th Amendment that got me into this predicament in the first place. No, no, no. Amendment 16, the invoicing service. They'll invoice your client for the hours and expenses you report to them, and when your client pays them, they pay you, minus all required state and federal taxes. It's that easy. One call does it all. And they'll even have an accountant do your personal taxes for you come April Fool's Day. I mean, come April 15th. And they take care of all the taxes, all the forms? Yep, and they can pass along certain tax breaks, too. Man, I wish I knew about Amendment 16 sooner. Where can I find them? On the web, of course, at amendment16.com, with 16 spelled out. That's amendment, S-I-X-T-E-E-N.com. One call does it all.
Have you heard the big news? The Pennsylvania Project is expanding dramatically. Each episode is now being broadcast multiple times a week on WWDB Talk Radio in Philadelphia, and the show has recently gone into syndication across Pennsylvania. Our success can be your success as well. A limited number of opportunities have recently come available where you can advertise affordably on the Pennsylvania Project. Not only will your message be heard throughout Pennsylvania's largest media market by far, all past episodes are always available for downloading at PennsylvaniaProject.com, at WWDB's website, on iTunes, and from many other popular podcast providers. So here's your chance to become a permanent part of the first liberty-oriented talk show on talk radio show on WWDB since the legendary Irv Homer hung up his headphones. Interested? Drop us a line at PennsylvaniaProject.com today. Hey, Ken Krawchuk here, and welcome to the me portion of episode 60 of the Pennsylvania Project, where I get to rant a bit about something that really sticks in my craw. Today, it's that lockdown. Hey, how about that lockdown? Ain't it wonderful? No traffic, quiet neighborhoods, no pollution, no crowds at the stores. At least the stores that are open. Oh yeah, just wonderful, right? No haircuts, no restaurants, no jobs. But hey, who cares? It's a financial boon. Getting 1200 bucks from Uncle Sam, sitting home collecting unemployment, and that extra 600 buck kicker every week. Ain't that lockdown just grand? So what if we just double the national debt? So what? What's $30 trillion debt among friends? But hey, we can afford it. America's rich. At least when people are working, it is. Except people aren't working. Oh, no problemo. It's going to be locked down for only a few days, a few weeks, uh, maybe a few months. Uh, We'll have to see how long. It'll end soon. Maybe. But but it's for your own good. We got to stop this thing before it kills millions. Yeah, right, before it kills millions of jobs. Damn lockdown. It's enough to make a vote libertarian. At least some people are taking matters into their own hands. Pennsylvania heroes, I call them. Heroes like today's guest, Mark Scaringi, who sued Governor Big Bad Wolf over his blatant theft of those millions of jobs. Heroes like Julie Potter of Tame Your Main Hair Salon near Altoona. She was our guest last episode, episode 59. Rather than firing the 32 girls who work for her, On May 1st, she just went ahead and reopened. She's still open, too. A hero she is. Then there are honorary Pennsylvania heroes, heroes like those in Sweden. The Swedes never locked down their economy. They never threatened their citizens with arrest, never caved into world pressure. Instead, they just kept everything humming. And, you know, I've been following their per capita deaths, the only standard that you can use when you're measuring different places. And compared against eight other major European nations. I started paying attention to this back in episode 50. And what is this now? We're in episode 60. It was based on an article somebody sent out of Forbes magazine. Back then, Sweden was smack dab in the middle of per capita deaths of nine largest European economies. Smack dab in the middle. And here it is, episode 60, months later. And guess what? I check all the time. They are still smack dab in the middle. I call Sweden a Pennsylvania hero because they have shown us the way to handle this pandemic properly. A very libertarian way, I must add, because they're respecting the rights and property of others, of their citizens. That's the libertarian principle. Unlike Governor Big Bad Wolf and his cronies acting like a pack of communists, something right out of an Ayn Rand novel. I can't believe the nerve of this guy. 
in face of all the evidence that Sweden presents to us, he still, still persists with his folly. I say somebody should do something about that. Somebody should tell him how wrong he is. Somebody should stand up to him. Somebody has got to be you. Yes, you. You, my dear listener. I see you there hiding behind your keyboard, behind your phone, behind your radio. I see you there. There. Now is the time for you to come out in the open. Now is the time for you to stand up for what's right. People who are regular listeners here at the Pennsylvania Project have heard me mention many times the mantra of the grassroots activist. It's easy to remember. Ten words, two letters each. If it is to be, it is up to us. Or, if you want to make it personal, it is up to me. Well, here's your chance to make it personal. We're all about solutions here at the Pennsylvania Project, and we've got one. On Saturday, May 30th, I've been invited to be the guest MC at a shutdown the shutdown multi-rally. It's more than a rally, it's a multi-rally. The idea is to visit the homes of nine different state reps in Montgomery County and call them on the carpet for their misdeeds. Every hour on the hour will be at a different place, one home after the other, and give these reps a chance to explain themselves. The first rally is going to start at 9 a.m. This is on May 30th. The last one's going to be at 5 p.m., one per hour. This place is stretching a circle around the bottom half of Montgomery County. From the Philadelphia line to the Bucks County line, up to Lansdale, down to Valley Forge, out to the main line and back. Home after home after home after home after home after home after home. Was that nine, seven, eight, nine? Well, whatever. It doesn't matter. You get the idea. One of those nine homes has to be in your neighborhood. So show up. This is your chance. Be counted. Be a Pennsylvania hero. Obviously, we need more of them. A map with all the details is on our website, PennsylvaniaProject.com slash rally. That's PennsylvaniaProject.com slash rally. It's also on the website of our hosts, the Montgomery County Libertarian Party. Yay. MontcoLP.org slash rally. That's MontcoLP.org slash rally. And all the press releases about this are going out tomorrow morning, I hear. You know, I heard some criticisms about this planned multi-rally. There are three repeatedly mentioned complaints about it. First complaint is that some people think it's wrong to visit the reps at their homes. Well, where else are we going to find them? Everything else is closed. And certainly they're obeying the same stay-at-home order that they forced down our throats. Yeah, right. Stay-at-home? Sure they are, I bet. Right. Second criticism I've heard is that people won't go to that kind of a rally. They don't want to get in trouble by challenging the powers that be. They don't want to be out and about violating social distances because they're afraid that they are going to be arrested too. Just like all those people you read about in the news that we were talking about earlier. Well, I've got some news for you. I have personally spoken to the police in Abington, in Sheltonham, in Upper Moreland, Horsham, Upper Gwinnett, Worcester, Upper Marion, Narberth, even the Philadelphia police. And out of those nine municipalities, not one of them, not one had a discouraging word. Everyone I spoke with had nothing but encouraging words. In fact, one cop said he'd be right there alongside rallying with us. Everybody, everybody is fed up with this misguided lockdown. Even some of the cops who are tasked with enforcing it. But the third criticism that I've been hearing is probably the worst of the lot. I've even said it myself. Too many people are telling me, Ken, it's not going to do any good. It's not going to change anything. It's a waste of time. Maybe. Maybe it is a waste of time. But let me ask, what else are you going to do? Nothing? 
Are you going to sit back and let them destroy your family life? Destroy your job? Destroy your future? What do you say to your graduating senior who's denied the fruits of their scholastic labor? Do you just tell them, sorry, no marching down the aisle for you, young man? Oh, no prom for you, young lady. Are you going to just tell them to suck it up and deny them the memories of a lifetime? Or do you climb up on your waiting steed, you, a gallant knight, fitted for battle, off to rescue them from the big bad wolf? Well, here's your chance to be that gallant knight. Maybe they're right. Maybe it'll do no good. But isn't it worth at least a try? Because the only alternative is to do nothing, to just suck it up, suck up all the debt, all the imprisonment, all the destruction of our inalienable rights that I don't think we're ever going to get back. Or you could just declare, enough is enough, like I have. Show up at the rally. Be a Pennsylvania hero. Check out our map, pennsylvaniaproject.com slash rally. Pick out the rallies closest to you, or just go to them all, all day. Paint yourself some anti-lockdown signs. Be there. Make your voice heard. Or not. It's up to you. To those of you who choose not to attend, let me leave you with a quote from Samuel Adams, one of America's founding fathers. Quote, If ye love the tranquility of servitude better than the animating contest of freedom, go home from us in peace. Crouch down and lick the hands which feed you, and may your chains set lightly upon you. On that foreboding note, that's going to have to wrap it up for episode 60 of the Pennsylvania Project. If you have something to say, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at PennsylvaniaProject.com and hear us there, too. Today's episode is courtesy of Amendment 16 Limited, recorded live at the studios of WWDB Radio in Philadelphia at 860 on the AM dial every Saturday at 10 AM, Mondays at 4 PM, and in Kutztown on KUR Radio. Our webmaster, Stephen Worley, marketing guru, Connor Dragotis, featured Toastmaster narrator, Mark Shariki, <laughs> get it wrong, featured Toastmaster cohort, Margaret Sassuni, official bartender, Brooke Smith, keyboard wizard, Joe the Pag, Radio producer Brett Kronberger, executive producer Mark Bazzacco, and me, your caster, Ken Krawchuk. And remember, remember, more important than solving the problem correctly is to solve the correct problem. Thanks for joining us.